Take the money and run. here with a brand new stir the pod podcast show i'm your host trevor and tonight we are joined by one of the founding fathers himself he's only missed two episodes total two the famous trevor and adam episode and i think he was gone maybe sick for one but we got back for spies lies and allies Alex Burge. Alex, how you doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. And we are here with the preview show, season 37. Here we are. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, the season to me could go a lot of different directions. Skeptical, excited. How are we feeling, Alex? How are you feeling? I mean, it's tough to balance like the typical – challenge episode one excitement which you always have with like just the realistic expectation which we'll get into of who the cast is the cast i think might be one of the most i i don't even know if it's bad more so lazy they regrouped the same people from last season got on some rookies um we're gonna go one by one through most of the cast um but at, at the end of the day i'm still excited I just don't know. I want this season to be great. I don't see a whole lot of chances that it actually is great, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we also have joined with us. It looks like he's a little late. Good old Magic Jack. What else is new? But back for his second season with us. Andy Burge. Andy. I'm doing good. And that looks like a new place. Are you, are you currently on the, on set or something for something? No, you know, we had a little location change, but you know, we're doing the location change right out of the gate, not, you know, with two episodes left, but I do feel very, uh, Evelyn in fresh meat Two esque you know, just showing up right at the end, but everyone is always like, all right, now the big dogs are here. So I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to rock. I'm happy to be here. God, well, we're excited to have you back for the good old spies lies and allies preview show and uh yeah i mean looking in the chat already we got we got the usual gang what else is new we got the rhyme accords of the world the boogie browns and you know we started this last year uh live and we had no idea what direction this would turn into and you know um we used to do these podcasts um at night not live stream and some of them were tough and honestly last season going live and interacting with you guys sometimes you we, this was better than the actual episode. So I do want to say thank you guys. And like even starting today through the rest of the year, I'm excited for us and uh, big things are ahead and yeah, I'm excited. So any, any, any other statements? Yeah. I mean, like you said, this is second season. We're actually doing these live podcasts. And I think for double agents, the preview show was pretty popular. We had a good time on that. 
Um, and then after that, every episode, we're going live right after. So if you guys are new, you know where to tune in, live on YouTube. Yeah. I, I do have one question about the season that I just want to I just want to start right off with. Has nothing to do with really the cast or anything. What do you guys and love to hear from the chat too? What do you guys think about the name? Spies, lies, and allies. I personally I can't bring myself to say it too much because I feel like I'm talking about like a Dr. Seuss book or something. I mean, there is just so much going on with the title. Uh I, I think the over-under for me to butcher the beginning has got to be 1.5 episodes at least. I think every time I'll be looking, stir the pod, lot, spies, lot, I butchered it right there, spies, lies, and allies, episode one recap. The name's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It makes no sense. Just give just, – I mean, they should have just named it Fresh Me. Three. Watch it. Watch it. God. God I do agree, though. I think it's – they're getting a little too into this whole spies, double agents, thieves. I mean, the challenge is built on like deception and alliances being broken. Like that's what the challenge is built on. So the fact that MTV feels like they have to advertise that, like do less. We've talked about that a lot. Just let let these just buffoons do what they're gonna do. Don't feel the need to try to overemphasize it those are my two cents and, and i think we talk, we kind of talked about how the cast is very similar to last season if this season goes goes south a bit i think we might just start calling it double agents too we'll see we'll see how it goes honestly i i would not be opposed to calling it that right away i until, thought it was world worlds <laughs> until until it earns its stripe as being its own separate season We'll, we'll get into that. Is is this season going to earn its stripes? Who knows? U.S. dollars. All right. So, Alex, should we just kind of run through the rookies first? Tell everybody what what, what the setup of today tonight's uh, show going to be for us. So tonight we kind of have the cast divided into vets and rookies. Um, the rookies, we kind of did it that way just because we don't know anything about the rookies. The vets, though, because we all obviously know them, each of us on the pod did our own individual power rankings of the seven girls and the eight guys, the, the vet guys, the vet girls. We did our own rankings of them, took the average from each of them. And so tonight what we're doing is basically going through those power rankings. Um, you're going to see like our individual ranks, too. So we're going to kind of embrace debate as we go along bottom to top. Um that's what we're going to do for the vets, for the rookies. I think we're just kind of do them all at once, see if you guys know anything about them. Um, but, I mean, what do you guys think? Should we start with the vets or the rookies? I think we got to start with the rookies. The rookies? I think it's going to be pretty bang, bang, and we can just kind of adios. Hope to never see you again. Okay, let me well, let me pull up. Bang, so you're out. talking rookies and you're saying bang, bang. Surely Nani's on then. The real question is over under 4.5 hookup attempts for Nani this season. That might be a profit that we get into later. We'll uh, get it. Yeah. All right, let's do let's run through the rookie girls first cuz there's there's 10 of them. I mean, there's 10 rookie girls um <coughs> in chat. 
feel free if you know any of these people. We literally know nothing about any of these people. We don't so. even know their their name to face yet. No, yeah, I'm, I'm we're going completely blind into it. So, all right, so I'll just kind of just go through them slowly. If you guys want to stop me at any point and talk about them, we can. Um, the rookie girls, we got Berna. Uh, I guess she's from Survivor. Um, Bettina, I think is her name, is from a show called Paradise Hotel Sweden. That's a real show. Uh, Emmy from Survivor Romania. I think she's the one with the blue hair. We got a different Esther from Big Brother Nigeria. Um, Lauren from Love Island USA. So I'm guessing slash hoping she's pretty bad uh michaela from survivor michelle from survivor tacha from big brother nigeria so maybe those two girls know each other um priscilla from love island uk and tracy from from love island germany okay so this is did you say the season's called spies lies and allies or war of the worlds it's damn near fucking War of the Worlds 2, 3, whatever we're at. I mean, I, I, understand, I understand the World Cup got pushed back, but, like, I, I didn't expect it to come this early. Challenge Euros. Yeah, damn near is. I mean, I honestly, I don't even know where to begin with these people because, I mean, you were naming people from Romania. Sweet. I mean, what was the one show? Paradise Hotel Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> Explain it to Trev. Like, do is she like So it looks I've, like we got we got four different people from a version of Survivor, three different from Love Island. Um, the one person, when looking at it on Wikipedia, the one person who who actually has their own Wikipedia page um, is Michelle from Survivor. Um, I'm trying to see if she. I think she got. Looks like. Oh, it looks like she won a season and then also got second on a different season. Um, that's really all, all I got. So, fresh meat three is what I'm hearing. Watch it. Okay. Here, here's, here's my take on this whole thing. Like, if you want to get new people in, why not – you know, they had those Spartan races or whatever – why not grab people for them? Very fresh meat-esque. Why are we going to these shows like Love Island USA 2 or whatever, Survivor, all this bullshit, whatever? Why not get people who actually want to be on the show? Well, watch it. Uh, question. So who is it that said that there's only one of the people that who was just read like off that list that has their own Wikipedia? Michelle. Michelle. So of the 10 people that you just read off, only one person has a Wikipedia? She's the only female in the entire cast that has a Wikipedia. Yeah. So, so that right there in and of itself is why it makes zero, literally zero, MTV zero sense why we don't do Fresh Meat 3. Because I get it if you want to bring people in who have a big following and who can attract a lot of viewers to the show – but if there's only one person of the 10 or whatever female challengers who has a Wikipedia, 
then what are you doing? This is so stupid. I mean, this is just this is classic MTV in a nutshell, and it drives me bananas. Not. I mean, there's not much else to say about the. Yeah, I mean, this cast list has to be one of the worst of all time. I would say up there with like preseason Bloodlines cast. I think Bloodlines had a better cast. You, you at, least, at least Bloodlines had some sort of storyline to it. At least yeah. you knew that everyone was related or there were some sort of ties. I mean, at this point, we're pulling people from Survivor. I didn't know there was a Survivor. I mean, insert country here. I didn't know there was a Survivor there. Like, are you kidding me? They're throwing darts at this time, at this point, at this point in time. Like, come on. I mean, and we'll we'll get into the actual vets. I mean, we we could go on for days. Actually, I'll, I'll save that for later on in the show. But I mean, like Andy's been saying, like, what's the appeal? Like, if 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 you're MTV the Challenge and you're trying to get people to watch the show, why are you pulling all these random ass people? I get it if you're pulling them like. Let me re- rephrase that. I get how they're pulling them for different countries. So they're they're like, oh, let me if they're he's from Survivor Turkey, maybe the Turkish you know people would want to watch. That that percentage is like that if that like it's probably a hundred people total. They need to get people on the show that want to be and literally just jack up like steroids, everything, just get everything pumping again. Well, and Trevor, here's the thing. This is the thing that drives me the most nuts of everything. I think you're spot on. If they're trying to hit these different markets, like, okay, sure. Like, I get where you're trying to, like, reach different demographics and everything. But if they're just going to be a one-hit wonder who's on for two episodes and then they leave, what are you doing for the show? And then if you think about the the talent that Fresh Meat has brought to the table in terms of Fresh Meat 1 and Fresh Meat 2 – the people who started their seasons, their MTV Challenge careers in Fresh Meat have been around forever. Like, yeah. I, I don't even I, – I couldn't even tell you a single name that you just let off or that you just, like, read off in terms of who's going to be on this show that I think is going to be on for more than three seasons. But if you think about the talent and the people that Fresh Meat brings to the table, they've been on forever. And some of them are, like, the best that have ever been on the Challenge. So – it's not even just like come in, have a successful season, and then like have a successful challenge career. No one has done that from these bumfuck like countries that no one cares about. And like I get it, they're trying to like expand to different countries and everything, but they're doing they're doing too much, but at the same time, they're not doing enough, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I 100% agree. Alex, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I completely agree. Should we just kind of run through the rookie guys? Because I'm, I'm, our comments are probably going to be very similar. Yeah, just run through the guys real quick. Uh, let's hear all the names. So I think there's nine rookie guys in the season. Uh, they are a different Corey from a show called 12, 12 Dates of Christmas. Oh, wait, um, wait. Time out, time out. You're lying, Sarah. Don't fuck around. There's 12, there's no way there's a show called 12 Dates of Christmas. 12 Dates of Christmas, unless unless the Wikipedia – Wikipedia is never wrong, so. 
12 Dates of Christmas for Fate Corey. Um, next up, we got Manuel from Survivor Romania. Um, some, somebody named Gabo from Warsaw Shore. No, that's a country. Uh, Huey from Big Brother UK. Jeremiah from Love Island, US, Love Island USA. Um, Kells, which is actually the one rookie that I do know because Kells was from uh, the Netflix show Too Hot to Handle. Kells made the beat. He was he was from the first season of that. So I did watch that. I, I remember him from like a year and a half ago. Uh, now he's on the challenge. Uh, so you got Kells, Logan from Survivor Spain, Renan, Renan from X on the Beach, X on the Beach, Double Dutch 4, and last tommy from survivor i think that's the redhead that looks like wes so nine rookie guys i want to barely i mean some of these shows i mean where are we grabbing these I, i'm the one thing i'm glad at least we're not grabbing people from like american idol anymore and we've actually have maybe a legitimate reality show esque to it now so well dates of christmas <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's better than a singing contestant. Who what is, is it? I think so. Based on what? That it has some reality part to it. I mean, all you got to do for American Idol is sing, and then make Snickers music videos. I mean, who was that? Um, Joseph Allen or whatever made this. Who, who's the guy with the long hair? Jack made like the music video with that and Michi too, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, come on! Like what? Like what are we doing? MTV is this is their this is like the they're staking their flag that they are grasping at straws when they have no reason to be grasping at straws because Fresh Meat Three would fix everything. Well, I mean, it just it just makes no sense because clearly they're looking to do another big international poll, and you think back to. War of the Worlds one, which I think we all can agree was a really fucking good season. And that was obviously a big like worldwide thing. But the thing is, the veterans on that cast were stacked. You had Wes, you had Bananas, you had Pauly, you had Kyle, CT. Like you had good people where you were able to bring in some good rookies. And you also like made it known in the title that it was going to be like an international thing. We're going with spies, lies, and allies. Who knows if like, the whole like, you know, worldwide diff people from different countries is actually going to be a thing or just like something that they mentioned throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, the whole vets thing is a whole different conversation that we'll get into. But like just thinking about it, it's pissing me off right now. And I'm just so like, I'm so nervous about the season. I think this is a this is like a must season for them to hit out of the park. And I'm the way I'm just looking at it, it's not looking good. Not looking good. They've totally missed the boat and the season haven't hasn't even started. I know. And that's why I'm nervous. I mean, <laughs> you just said you just said challenge Romania or Survivor Romania. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Who is he? Haji? Why do we, why do we need to be pulling people from Survivor Romania? Where that average like viewers had to have been like fifty people a week, where like you could have just done so much more. It it just it baffles me. MTV's so stupid. This is like this is the show that has lasted 
beyond ridiculousness and deliciousness and pimp my ride. This is the show that has stood the test of time, and you're bringing in people from Survivor Romania? Are you kidding me? There's not much to say. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I, I would just love to be a fly in the wall on their production meetings. You know, they got the whole crew together. They're just like, all right, guys, season 37, what are we thinking? And, you know, that intern's in the back. How about double agents like who? And we just name it Spies, Lies, and Allies. Get that man a promotion. I mean, like, it's just mind-bottling some of the stuff that, like, honestly, and this is really bad, I cannot believe the show is still on TV. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I love the challenge and stuff, but the way that they're going is they're just shoving it to the ground. Like, this is the shit that pisses me off. They could do such a better job. I guarantee their numbers for Champs vs. Pros or Champs vs. Stars or whatever any of those shows will be higher rated than any episode this year. Maybe not the uh, first episode, but I guarantee there will be more viewers. So, so here's the thing, Trev and Alex. We have to have a hell of a season. I know. We at Stir the Pod and the AWLs, we have to have this, – this is the most adversity – that we have had to deal with since this was created back in the BMFEP days because the challenge is giving us nothing to work with. Nothing. Yeah. So with that being said, let's just dive right into the vets at this point so we can discuss all the heavy hitters they brought in this season because you know it's just an all-star stack lineup. I'm getting ready. You know, Maria's back. Laurel's back. You know, the whole gang's crew. I mean, sorry to go backwards just a tad. Is it safe to say that the cast for the Challenge All-Stars or whatever is better than this? Is it safe to say that? You got Jimmy. You got Jimmy there. But here's the thing. How can it be worse? My point. Well, I think I'm with you. Trev, I'm with you. I mean, we just compared this. This cast list fucking bloodlines. I think it's worse than bloodlines. This has to be the worst. This has to be the worst cast. Like, then again, we got to give it time how people play in the game. But right off the bat, this is the worst cast list I think they've done in probably 20 seasons, at least. At least. There's a massive amount of pressure on. I would say at least three different – for there to be at least three different rookies that just pop off the screen. If we can get that, which isn't – like we've seen rookies do that before. Yeah. But if we can get rookies popping off the screen within the first three episodes, then there's a chance that this can be a good season. Absolutely. I'm saying that. But when you're looking at it right now, yeah, it's, it does not look good. It's bad. Well, and here's the thing too. Even when you look at rookies that could pop off the screen – I would say personally, one of the biggest rookies who has like had a successful rookie season in the past couple of years has been Turbo. And guess what? He's we gone. haven't seen Turbo because guess what? I don't know where the hell he came from. And that's the thing. When you bring in people from Survivor Romania, even if they pop off for their rookie season, that's great for that one season. But what happens the season after? 
do you have to pull from Survivor like Antarctica? Like where do you draw the line? It's just so stupid because if you try to pull from these random shows that no one cares about who genuinely loves the challenge, even if they have a good rookie season, by no means is it like sustainable. Even Ninja Natalie, who came from uh, all, was she American Ninja Warrior or was she some other country Ninja Warrior? Like, even in that sense, no one is able to sustain a successful like challenge career beyond even if they have a good rookie season. It's so, it makes no sense. Who outside of the big three, or I guess what, challenge, are you the one? Or I guess the real world, excuse me. Are you the one? One and what's the other show that they were taken from? Big Brother. Yeah, Big Brother. Excuse me. Out of any of those other shows, Survivor, the Love Island, who's been the hot, like the hottest person, or not hottest, like hot, hot, bad, but who's like made it the furthest? Like who is back every season from those shows? I don't know. I mean, they, they should have kept bringing Theo back. Like, that's yeah. the thing. They, they get, they get, good, they get good new talent, and they don't bring them back. Like Theo, like Turbo, like a lot of these people. Yeah, and, and I, 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 know, I know Theo got hurt, his eye or whatever, but he yeah. said on, like, Instagram multiple times, I'm ready to get back in it, and they're yeah. not doing it. It makes zero sense. God, this is me off. They're, they're at this point, and I think this cast list proves this. The challenge is just waiting. The challenge is just banking on this fresh crop, not even fresh crop, but like well seasoned crop of veterans that are carrying the load of all these rookies who no one knows and no one cares about. And in like two years, when Nani is like 47 and she can't, she can no longer hook up with like a 18 year old guy. Like at some point in time, it's gonna run out, and then and then what do you do? So like they're just they're trying to play this short game mentality, and it makes no sense because at the end of the day, we all know that the the vets are gonna run the show, and next year all these one time rookies are gonna be gone, and then guess what? The vets run the show. They bring on these one time rookies. It's just so stupid. It's just same same old cycle. Absolutely. Could not agree more. All right. We ready to talk about some uh, vets now? Let's do it. I think we got the females first. I think Trev's going to show them up on the screen here. Um, I think we'll go one by one here from the bottom up. Uh, these are the seven female veterans on Spies, Lies, and Allies. All right. Ready? So, the, so the very last one, starting from the bottom, seventh hour average seventh place challenger is and <laughs> we got anisa and, and just to say real quick these are power rankings and so we had a few like different interpretations of what that means and obviously that'll come in once we have differences but it looks like on this very first person we're all unanimous last place last female veteran is anisa and i just want to i want to start off with anisa by saying like this is a perfect example of like, what the fuck are we doing here? Why? Like, I know it, like at, for a couple seasons ago, it was kind of funny, like bring Anissa back. She's this fat old lady who's never winning any seasons. But at this point, it's like, what are these producers thinking? 
it's the same thing over and over. This is detrimental to the show to cast Anissa over and over again. My take on Anissa is she is a perfect contestant for the challenge. Dot, 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 all-stars. Keep her in that section. Keep her in the yeah. spinoff. Do not bring her on the actual show. That's how I look at her now. It, and maybe the last 10 seasons as well. But I just think the fact that we are bringing in her still is a joke. Like, I mean, there's so many better people that you can get. I mean – I think Andy can speak on this all day of one of his favorite eliminations of all time. But when, when somebody does that in an elimination, that performance, how can you look at them and be like, yeah, you still got it. And that's why I'm not a fan. Andy. Yeah. So this is really all I have to say. God. There it is. And, and to those that are not on the live chat and not on the YouTube who can who can't really see what I'm showing, uh, it is a gif of just an absolute just hog roast because Anissa sucks. But I, I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying because at this point in time, bringing Anissa back, I I, I think it helps the challenge, and that it, it pains me to say that. But at this point in time, like those are the quote unquote vets that we have to pull from. And she sucks. She's awful. She's terrible. She shouldn't have been around the challenge in the past decade. And the fact that she's still around here, the fact that we all consensus ranked her as the least power rankings of all of the female vets goes to show that the challenge is just grasping for straws at this point. Oh, absolutely. It's bad. It's, it's terrible. That, I mean, we know what we're going to get from Anissa this season. There's no question about what's going to ha- what's going to be her demise. Um, I think I think we're good on the last place bet here. Yeah, and I do want to address the chat right now. I see Rod McCord writing it. Uh, still hate that people are calling you know Fezzi and uh, the Goo Fets. I mean, the thing is now, realistically, more than one season is a vet. I mean that they literally call them vets. So I mean, it's the easiest way for us to, you know, show people we actually know. So would I consider those people actual vets? Absolutely not. But for this sense, we are including them in. Just yeah. Anybody we have to. We have to. We don't have a choice. Yeah. All right. Number six. We got Big T. Big T falling in number six. Uh, looks like Alex had her number six. I had her at number five. And Andy had her at number six as well. So I think Big T, one of the best entertainment the challenge has. I think she's a great cast member. She's obviously not that great of a competitor. Um, but she's awesome. And, and that's why I think I bumped her up one. Um, because realistically, we all know she could – possibly be seven or six you can flip those but uh her personality and and you know the whole ct thing last year was awesome i did really enjoy that so that's why i gave her a little a boost there so see here's where i'm at with big t at this point i think she's done three seasons of the challenge so far she's been like entertaining and kind of like quirky and funny on all of them or whatever you know how they say like for like uh like stand-up comedians or performers 
it's like better to leave the audience wanting more than to go on too long. That's how I feel about big T. Like, I feel like the big T shtick by the end of this season is going to run old. Like, it's going to be like, why did we bring her back again? She's not a threat to winning. And so I think it would have been better to just like not bring her back this season and have like the fans have us wanting her back for one more season. Um, but I mean, that being said, she is like a likable character on the show. Her relationship with CT last season was pretty funny. Um, and I, I think she's, and we'll get to the full list soon, but I think she's a few tiers below the top. And because of the person below her is Anissa, I think she's a full tier below above the bottom because Anissa is that bad. Um, but that's where I'm at with Big T. Like she's funny. She'll make it a few episodes, but I just don't know how much we can squeeze out of her. Not much. She's tiny. Um, Andy, what do you got? Yeah, so I'll keep it quick on Big T. I mean, at the end of the day, I put her at six. I think she belongs at six. But I think she's very good for the challenge. Like, I would love to draw a line between Big T and Anissa and just say, look, Anissa, give it up. Go, go be a stripper in, like, some random city that no one cares about who you are. Or maybe they do. But at the end of the day, you're done with the challenge. So, like, I think Big T belongs here, but I do think she belongs on the challenge, if that makes sense. Anissa doesn't belong on the challenge. Big T does. Big T loves being on the challenge. She loves, like, being on the show, having a good time. So, even though she's six, I think she is good for the challenge. So, I I, want to make sure that's known because these are power rankings, and Big T is just – like not that great, but at the end of the day, I do think she's good for the show. Yeah, and th- and that's why you know these power rankings we we talk. You can kind of put anybody in whatever spot, and you can kind of you know like personally, I put Big T higher because she brings more to the show than I think other people on this list. Um, not necessarily a competitor, but just obviously her personality and stuff. So, all right, looking at number five. We got Nani. I was a little surprised Nani already. I'm tr- thing is, I'm still trying to remember the, the rest of the vets on this season. Uh, but Nani falling in the fifth spot. Anything? I mean, Trev, you and I both had her at four. Andy had her at five. I feel like Nani is the perpetual fourth or fifth best girl on most seasons. Um, you could argue, you can make an argument that. Nani out of anybody on the cast is the most predictable, you know, within two episodes, she's going to be hooking up with one of the now 10, nine rookie guys. She's going to be hooking up with them. And then by about week seven, if there are schools, she's going to be saying she needs her school. And then by about week 10, she's going to go into elimination. Most of the time she's going to lose right before the final. And that's it. That right there is Nani. Yeah, I mean, do you think she would have had a better – well, obviously she would have a better chance. Do you think she would have won if she didn't smoke a pack of cigs every single day in the final last year? I think she would have won if she had picked CT instead of Kyle. Really? Because I think if she picked CT instead of Kyle, I think that would have given Kyle the ticket straight to the final 
but then I don't think CT is losing that last elimination. So I think CT and Nani go to the final together. And like we saw with uh, Amber, I mean, you can do CT can win with anybody. So I think Nani would have won with CT there. And it was probably her best shot at winning a season that she's ever going to get. Yeah. Um, I mean, we like Nani. Great for the show. Um, but obviously, competitor-wise, I mean, so hit or miss. Like, sometimes she shows up. Sometimes she doesn't. More often than not, she doesn't. So, uh, but good competitor. I really like her. Andy, anything on her? No, I mean, not too much. I mean, at this point in time, I'm blurring out Anissa. Like, I, at this point, I'm looping Anissa in with the rookies just in a sense that, like, I don't give a shit what she does or who she is. She just sucks. So, like, is she better than Big T? Yes. Yes, she is. But is she better than the top four? No, she's not. So, like, that's where it becomes tricky. Like, I do think she's good for the challenge. But at the end of the day, I'm blurring out Anissa at seven because she sucks. And then it just becomes a matter of who I think is going to be better. And, I mean, Alex said it perfectly. You know exactly what you're going to get with Nani. And that's why she's my number five. Was uh, Fenway trying to say something? I think Nani, Nani to me is is she's she's like Philip Rivers, good talent, good regular season numbers. You pair her with the right talent, you know, maybe a Ladainian Tomlinson, maybe a Johnny Bananas. It might elevate their game a little more. Maybe they'll win a playoff game here or there, but at the end of the day, they're just never going to get it done. Too many too many kids running around. Yeah, exactly. So moving on in our rankings to the number four spot, we got Amanda. Okay. So Alex had her ranked fifth. I had her ranked third. And uh, Andy had her ranked fourth. So, you know, I think Amanda, I had her high up. One, because I look at the people behind her right now and – there is nobody beating her, or she's going to beat all those people below her. I, I personally think. Um, biggest question mark: She's back this season. She had a kid. Does she still have it? Does she ever have it? So that's the biggest question mark. I, I like her a lot because she stirs the pot. I think she's good for the show, stirring it up, getting under people's skins. I think it's – I mean, you know, this game is very mental. And, you know, especially with this big-ass cast of just all newbies, I think that comes into play. So uh, that's why I like Amanda this season. Alex, Andy, one of you all? Amanda uh, – and Amanda is, just to point out, the only person on the entire show who is not a rookie and was not on last season. That entire list of people that fit that criteria is Amanda. Um, which is terrible in its own right. But Amanda, I like Amanda. And I had her fifth overall out of seven. I think you could rank her anything in the middle there. She's a good competitor. And more than that, at this point of the challenge and what it is, she's good TV at the same time. Um, We've seen that she can win challenges. She's won probably a few eliminations. Um, She's really close with a few of the guys like, uh, you know, Nelson, Corey. I think she was maybe hooking up with Fezzi in one of the trailers. So we'll see how we that were, goes. But I thought we overall, were going to watch the trailer for the first time. We can do that. Well, I, I, I heard about that. I heard about that in the trailer. But over, overall, I mean, Amanda's a good challenge character to have around every now and 
Yeah, Andy? I mean, my analysis for Amanda is spot on Nani. I, I really have nothing else to say. I, I hate to be so short about it, but she's, I mean, she's good. I hate her. I think she sucks. Whoa. But at the same time, I'm taking Amanda over any of these rookie girls. And I think she's better than Nani. So not really much else to say. All right. So we got three girls left. All right. Number three, Ashley. So we Alex with two, Trev putting her at six, and Andy putting her at three. All right. What are we thinking? So I, I think you kind of got to start with this one and explain why you had her so much lower than we did. Well, here's my take on Ashley. She is the only what? She's the only female with a ring, correct? There's only two people on the show that have a ring, and I get that. Every time I look at Ashley, she chokes now. And I know about the whole roller coaster ride. Oh, she wins, she loses, she wins, she loses. And now this should be the up ride. I'm, I don't buy the hype in Ashley. Wasn't she eliminated twice last season in like four episodes? Oh, yeah, I forgot she came back. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not sold on Ashley since her, her take the money and run. She has not produced. And she's the biggest target for vets. Everybody just takes her out. Because here's the thing. If you're a vet and you're going for somebody, you want to keep Anissa. You want to keep Big T. You don't – it seems like everybody's friends with Nani. I guess Amanda's going to be an early target. And then Tori and Casey, nobody wants to touch – so you might as well throw Ashley into an elimination because nobody well, gets up. Trev, back up. If that's your logic, then Anissa needs to be higher than seventh. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you keep her in, but she sucks. I'm not putting you, – you see, I have a couple more numbers that you'll see moving on uh, that could be skewed, but I, I don't see Anissa doing much. But with that same logic, in the sense that Ashley has a target on her back, and I'm not disagreeing. I do think she has a target on her back. I think Ashley's going to be the first bet thrown in. But so if but based on that logic, yeah. Why do why why do you have Ashley above Anissa? Yeah. I, I get that. I just think yeah. Ashley would perform better than Anissa in this in the. To, well, no shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if we're going by like, you know, if, if, no, one, if no one cut Anissa down from that log, she'd still be there. I know. That's why I put Anissa seven. I think it's insulting you have Big T ahead of Ashley. I mean, you so got to do. Basically, what it's come, what it comes down to for you, Trev, is you think Ashley is overrated. Yes, absolutely. And I've been on that. I've literally said on this podcast, Ashley sucks. She's overrated. Later on that season, she fucking won. I've gone on and say it, and she's gone home like first or second. I'm just saying. I'm never – you look at any of these preview shows in the past, I never rank Ashley high at all. I'm not a fan of her. I, I live and die by that sword all, all the time. And, and that roller coaster you're referring to is the fact that she literally either wins the season or goes home within the first few episodes. And yeah. It's, the, to me, that kind of says that she's due. Because she's gone home early the past couple seasons. Exactly. I think I think her time is up. 
I, I I'm not a fan. I'm I'm just that's where I see. Since that move, she's done nothing. And you know, it's it's kind of like the big cat five for five. If you keep playing and you keep winning, you might as well just keep doing it. You know, you look you look at Ashley. If I'm betting her to lose and she keeps losing, you might as well keep doing it. I so, don't know. I, I disagree with you, Trev. I think that's a bit uh, insulting. Um, I think you have Big T over Ashley. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right, then we'll, we'll, see, we'll see this season who gets further or whatever, uh, and we'll just go from there. Sure. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll leave that. I, I, I personally think Big T will go further than Ashley this season, I think. You don't think so? You think you think I, this is going to be the season Ashley's going to no, win? No, 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 no. Ashley's just better. You're, yeah, exactly. You're getting things twisted. It's not yeah, who's going farther. It's power rankings. Trev, yes. let me ask you this. No, let me ask you this. No, no, if, no, 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 no. If you were on the challenge, who would you pick, Ashley or Big T, to be your partner? Big T, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Have a, My have a good power flight rankings, home. Like I said. Have, have a good flight home. Have a good flight home. Big T has made it to, like, the final five in how many seasons? Are you CT? So? Who? I mean, like I said, my power rankings aren't based on who's better than who. I've said that from the start, since the beginning of this episode. I judge it in a whole different category of a bunch of things. All right. Okay. So we got two girls left. Tori, Casey. Let's see what we got. Why don't you reveal them both? So Tori, Tori second, Casey first. Um, let's see. So let's let's do Tori. Trev had her second overall. I had her three. Andy number one. Consensus two. I mean, I feel like Tori deserves a very high spot on a cast this, especially on a cast this bad. She's a really good challenger. Yeah, I. I Thing is, I'm always high on Tori, and I'll always have her in the top three. But you look at the past season, she hasn't done well. This is my last season. If she's not doing well, I'm dropping her off my top. Interesting. So I, I had Tori at one. So I don't know if you guys have picked up on it, but from three through seven, I had the list nailed. Two AT, not a big T, but – I had Tori at one, Casey at two. I think they're very interchangeable because they are both very good competitors. I just I, I think I think Tori had a rough season. That's all it boils down to for me. So I, I think she is gonna come back. I think she's gonna be hungry. I really like what she brings to the table. And I mean, she's taken out a lot of good competitors. So I had her at one. I still feel pretty good about that, but yeah, three through seven, I was just right on target. So I think Tori is actually going to end up being number one. Casey's going to be number two, but I like what Tori brings to the table. And she's also bad. All right, Alex, anything on her? I just feel like Tori is one of the few people we have left that are sort of in that, um, sort of in that Corey kyle ashley range of like new quote unquote newer vets 
that haven't been here as long as, you know, CT and Anissa and all them, but aren't like super new to the challenge. And that also bring a good combination of being good at the challenge and being good in entertainment. Like we've seen Tori make it to finals. We've seen her hook up with guys. We've seen her divorce guys. Um, so like, I mean, Tori does bring it all. A lot of people, I feel like, I feel like every, a lot of people don't like Tori at this point. I feel like everybody says she's overrated um, and they just don't like her being on the show anymore. I think I'm with you, Trev, in the sense that like, I think she's a good challenger, but her time is running out to like, not necessarily win a championship, but to prove definitively that she's really good at the challenge. Absolutely. I think that's the only, I think honestly, a ring is holding her back, obviously. If she were to win, well, I think that changes her legacy. I think that changes her legacy completely. She had a but, ring for a second, and then. Yes, I. I mean. Well, she was never divorced, to clarify, but. Okay. Okay. Called off. Called off. Yeah. All right. So number one, we got Casey. Um, Alex put her one. I put her one, and Andy put her two. I think the biggest thing about Casey, if she can repeat what she did last season, she's by far the best girl. It's the biggest if. And how's her leg doing? Do we actually know? Is she still on IR? We'll find out. Well, and you also can't forget the Nani curse because Nani's been posting a whole lot of Casey these days and very uh, Kendall Jenner-esque. There's a curse there. So be on the lookout. Sorry, so, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to accidentally post that. Sorry, that's not. All right, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I think I had Casey number one, um, simply because I feel like in most cast she's probably two or three overall. This one I think is just a little bit weaker overall. But I would say as long as Casey is about eighty-four percent healthy from last season, she's probably number one. Maybe nine times out of one hundred and ten, she's number two. But that's just like you look at her first two seasons, you can't ask for a whole lot more. She lost the first one to Ginny, which side note, why isn't Ginny back? She lost the first one to Ginny. And then last season, she basically lost to CT because she wasn't partners with him. And she had Fezzi bailing her out. Um, she's just like she's incredibly boring. She doesn't bring a whole lot to the TV, but she is a good challenger, a really good challenger. Yeah, I mean, she has so much potential, and I just – I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm riding the high on her, and, uh, yeah, I hope, you know, she comes through and does another good season. And, I, you know, the thing is, you talked about how she, you know, wasn't a, you know, inter really good with the show. You know, she's kind of boring, dull, whatever. How do you think she would act without Fezzi in the house, do you think? Because I feel like that whole Big Brother alliance, we were all like tickling each other's ball sack and, you know, doing all that. If she was by herself, how do you think she would act? Like, would you say she'd be outgoing or do you think she'd be like, nah? Good question. She gives me very uh, Cara Maria fresh meat vibes where she would kind of have the blinders on, like doing her own thing, being a very good competitor. But to your point, nowhere near as political as she is today. And I wouldn't say she's overly political, 
but just to have that big brother like blanket, like that safety blanket, it gives her just much more, I guess, like safety to not have to worry about the political game. Whereas like Car Maria in her early days knew that she had to put up or shut up. So I think that's what Casey would have had to adopt if there was no, you know, goof and fezzy. But I do think she would still be very good competitor. Yeah. Alex, anything else? Or I mean, I don't think so. Casey's a good challenger. It's probably not the best sign when she's the best female that you have. Um, but I mean, there's like, none of us would be surprised if she made the final and potentially won the season. So at least if you had bring on somebody new, that's not going to bring a whole lot drama wise. If they can compete, then that's, I guess that's okay. Yeah. So you kind of hinted at it right there. And before we get to the guys, we look at this female vet, female vets list. Who's scary on this? Like, like, there's not one person – I guess you can say the top two I think we can all agree on is Casey and Tori, and then there's a drop-off. Well, you could throw – if you want to throw Ashley in that pod, that's fine. But this cast is horrible. It's Yeah, it's very bad. I mean, there's, what, six girls from last season, Amanda, and then a ton of rookies. Um and I feel like, to me, I feel like you have that top tier that's like Casey, maybe probably Ashley, probably Tori. And then there's the girls who are going to finish in the middle, like Amanda, Nani, Big T. Then there's a massive gap, and you have the pig roast, the Nisa. But those tiers are not the usual tiers that you would see. Like, the usually the tier one of a challenge would be stacked. Tier two would be, like, good competitors who just haven't been on for a while and all of that. But, I mean... The fact that we're, I mean, the fact that we're only talking about seven vets just kind of distorts all of it, but the seven vets themselves are not collectively that strong. How many people are, are on the show this season? I think it's 34. So you're telling, and how many guy vets are there? Eight? Yeah. It's 17 guys, 17 girls. And there's only 15 vets out of 34. Correct. Well, and here's the thing. You just outlined it. So we got seven female vets that we're talking about. We can go ahead and blur out that bottom line because Anissa sucks. So we were really talking about six. And you've got Big T, who, like, is great for the show. I'm going to be very entertained watching her. But realistically, we can blur her out. So realistically, we're talking about five veteran girls. And you know what Nani's going to bring to the table. She's not going to win at all. Amanda is a total wild card, but she hasn't done anything to impress us. So realistically, we're talking about three girls. We're talking about Casey, Tori, and Ashley. Ashley, who has actually won a challenge, but Trev, to your point, she does have a target on her back. Do I think she's going to win it all? No, I don't. So realistically, we're talking about two girls, Casey and Tori, who's going to go the farthest. And I do genuinely think it's a coin flip, but the fact that we're talking about two girls on who's going to be number one, who's going to be number two, is so disappointing for this show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now that we talked about the girls, let's talk about the guys. And uh, are we all ready? To, uh, yes. Emails us? All right, so number eight, I think we might all have the exact same one. Wow. Only me? 
I thought we were going to all put Josh. Kind of surprised. So, so Josh is the consensus last male vet uh, in our power rankings. Trevor had him at last overall. Andy and I both had him second to last at seventh. Um, I won't get into why, why, why I rank somebody lower until we get to that person. But, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with Josh being the last challenger at all. The dude's terrible. He's been on since every – he's done every – this is how dumb the challenge producers are. They've cast him every single time since he was a rookie while neglecting the Turbos, Theos of the world. Um, I mean, Josh is terrible. I don't think we have a whole lot to say from him. His season's probably going to end with an elimination loss. Yeah. I mean, what else is new? I mean, friend of the program, but God, he is bad. I mean, why I have him eight, honestly, might have to be because of this, like that ball toss last year. Breaking down the uh, the walls. I mean, that was one of the worst eliminations I've ever seen. Like, you just – nothing. Nothing. And it's just like, oh, my God. So – it was embarrassing. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think who – I don't know. I'll, I'll save what I was about to say because I'm curious on who you guys put at eight. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'll pretty much just echo what Alex was saying. Josh, I mean, Josh is – the problem is Josh is very good for the show. And we were talking about this earlier just in terms of, like, the shows they pull from. At this point in time, I want more Big Brother. And it absolutely pains me to say that. But when you're pulling from Survivor Romania, give me Big Brother. Like, give me anything other than that. And that's where, like, Josh, even though he's terrible and he can't throw a ball to save his life, give me more of that. Like, I hate the fact that I have to say that when it comes to the challenge, but give me more. Give me more. So, like – Josh at seven. I, I hope he sticks around for a while because he is very entertaining and he is the goof, but he also sucks. So, yeah. So, moving on to number seven, we got Nom. Wow. All right. So, Alex had him at eight. I had him at five, and Andy had him at six. Alex, I would love to hear your take on eight. Yeah, so I had Nam eight overall, Josh seven. When I so when I did my power rankings, I went from the top down, so I was left with only these two guys. Um, and I don't know. I think what what I ended up concluding was that they're both <laughs> they're both bad. They're not good. Obviously, they're my two last guys. But Nam to me has proven absolutely nothing. He's proven to me nothing mm-hmm. in terms of being a competitor, even when he had a literal Olympian as a partner, he's proven nothing to me drama wise. I don't know what he sounds like. He doesn't say a single word. Um, whereas Josh is like, he has won an elimination. He's like probably what one in four, one in five, but he has won an elimination that Nam has not won. Um, he's won a few challenges before. Um, he's, he's good TV. Like we said, when we talk about Josh, but like, I don't know. I was close, really, really close between Josh and Nam. I think I just boiled it down to Nam. I had high hopes for last season. 
and he just showed me absolutely nothing. Like, I don't know what Nam did last season besides get bitched at by his partner. He did nothing else. And so by the end of the season, I'll probably bump him up. Josh will probably be last next season, whatever. But I think I just kind of did it more more so at a, at a, as a nod of respect to the fact that Josh is funny and Nam has done nothing. Yeah, Andy. I'm in the same boat. I mean, the the – Reason I put Nam above Josh was just because if those two went head to head, I I mean, there's no way Nam loses. But I totally resonate with what Alex is saying, and that's why I have Nam at six. Like, even though I don't think he's a bad competitor, he brings nothing to the show. Like nothing. I w- I was on that take for a while last season. He didn't do anything. He sucks. So like even the fact that he's getting brought back just kind of pisses me off, but he that's it. I mean, like, I really have nothing else to say. Like, Nam, what are your thoughts? Thanks, Nam. Like, exactly. Like, that, that in and of itself is why he's so low on my list, even though he is a, a big boy. But Nam just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I have him a little higher up. And I just think there's so much potential out there for him. We haven't seen anything, but, you know, he also had a crazy-ass person as uh, his partner, and he obviously got hurt. Um, So I just think there's so much unknown. And I looked at, like, what Josh and some of these other people have done, and I just wasn't a fan of it, so – um, that that's why I had him a little yeah. higher up, uh, but because we don't know. I mean, there's so much unknown. We really didn't see him compete all you know at all, and when yeah. he did, he got, just got bitched at. So, um, I mean, still like still on, today on paper, compared to a lot of these guys, he's probably better than Nick just because yeah. of how, how he looks physically. It's just a matter of can we can he put it all together and show us that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on the list, we got two people tied for fifth. We got Fezzi and we also got Devin. So I think me and Andy were on the same page with Fezzi. Um, I gave him the benefit of the doubt and gave him the seventh spot just because, I mean, the goof is just so bad. But I respect Andy for putting him in eight. Uh, and you got Fezzi at number two for Alex. So we're kind of just, you know, me and Andy are, you know, thinking about the same thing and Alex is, you know, thinking somewhere else. Uh, And then Devin, we're kind of all on the same page with Devin, kind of that mid-tier towards the bottom-esque. So I'll give it to Alex first on Fezzi being number two. Yeah, I mean, I when I saw your guys' picks for Fezzi, I – I, I couldn't disagree with that, but I assumed that it was more so swayed by just overall dislike towards the guy, which like I can't put down because that's you rank him how you rank him. I don't like Fezzi either. But when I did it, I was just kind of doing it on less of that impacting my rankings. And when I was just ranking guy by guy, like it's hard in a ch- strictly challenged sense, nothing – personality drama wise or anything like that to put Fezzi a whole lot further down the list just because he is six five he's huge he's built for the challenge even though some of the endurance stuff from last season might be called into question but I'm just saying like any given elimination 
he might have the best shot of winning of any of the guys besides maybe one or two. Um, he's been on two shows and he's made the final both times, which is rare in this, in these days. I hate the guy. So if that's why you guys had him low, can't disagree with that at all. I just kind of pushed him up, gave him a two because of how good of a challenger he's shown to be up to this point. Yeah. So I just have a quick question for Andy. So you you would rather have Fezzi as a partner than Josh? Or yeah, no, you would rather have Josh as a partner than Fezzi. Yes. Okay. I, I, I'm just doing the reverse thing that you did with me with Ashley. Just be the exact same thing because you were bashing me for having her so low. Um, How much money has Fezzi won? What? How much money has Fezzi won? Uh, well, I don't know if he got paid at the University of Tennessee. Uh, we got to check the NIL or whatever rules. Um, maybe he's been paid. I, I'm not from the challenge. Uh, from what? From uh, Oklahoma drill? I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, that was my take. Chattanooga. So, Andy, your take, eighth. I, I, I kind of want to hear a rant right now from you of why is eight. I mean, honestly, like, I don't even know if I have a rant in me. If you give me any sort of list and you want me to power rank people and Fezzi is a part of that list, he's dead last. Like, period. If you give me, like, rank the tight ends that had a below average college career that ended up doing nothing with their lives, he'd be dead last. And even though he's on TV and, like, yeah, sure, people know who he is, he's dead last. He sucks. He's terrible. He's a quitter. He proved it last season. He had one of the best female competitors in the final, and he quit. And I will never, ever, ever look past that. Josh is an absolute goof. The MTV production literally showed that for us, and Fezzi's worse than him. I would never want Fezzi in my corner ever for anything at any point in time ever. I don't know how much clearer I can make it. All right. There we go. So moving on from good old Fezzy, we got uh, Devin. Wait, wait, Trev, sorry. If I could rank him below the rookies, I would. Because the rookies haven't proven anything. Fezzy's proven that he's a quitter. Okay. That's all I have to say. My question to you, Andy, because we all know you love quitters so much, over under 2.5 quitters this season. Over. Over, over. I'm hammering that over. We'll, we'll get way, to that. With the way that TJ handled the quitters last season, when he gave him a pat on the back and a goodie bag and said, "Have a good flight home," that's a joke. Like I get it, sure, and we've talked about this. Mental health is important. Yeah, yeah. Rah rah. Go fight, win. Don't come on the challenge. Fezzy's a prime example of that. Buddy should be running over people. Fezzy should be, should be the consensus number one pick for all of us in these power rankings. And the fact that two of us, three, had him in the bottom two is a joke. It's an absolute disgrace that he's on this show. He should be doing nothing but bagging groceries and hoping that the Houston Texans give him a call to give him a tryout. He should be not affiliated with this show in the slightest. I would rank him below all the rookies for all time. He sucks. I hate him. He should never be invited back. Would you rather? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> give me Josh. 
Give me Nam. Give me Devin. I would take them in a heartbeat. Give me someone from Survivor Romania over Fezzi. The guy sucks. He proved it last season. I don't care how far he makes it. He stinks. He's never going to win a challenge until he realizes the challenge is not D1 double A football where you're going against someone who had a little who whose head coach in high school was his dad. Fezzi stinks. He needs to know it and he needs to know that his shit does think and it stinks more than most people's including the goof. He's dead last on my rankings. He's dead last. He's going to be dead last in every ranking that I that we ever do here on Sir the Pod. He sucks. I don't care if he wins this season. He's dead last. He sucks. Get him off the show. Wow. <laughs> Not much to say after that. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to the other person tied for fifth, uh, we got Devin. Uh, I feel like Devin grew on me a lot last season. I thought he kind of sucked, you know, with the whole bananas thing, the whole West thing. Uh, the season before, and then obviously this past season when he beat Wes. Some of us might remember that episode. Some of us might not. Uh, but I, I like Devin, but obviously he's not a great competitor. But another person that just, you know, is there to stir the pot and have a good time. Um, any statements on that, Alex? Yeah, I mean, Devin is from that era of the challenge that I think is one of the few – eras that's like still carrying along in the current cast that's like new from a few seasons ago um he also grew on me a lot last season just kind of being the ant the main anti-fezzy anti-goof guy um i think it'll be interesting to see like him coming on to this season aligned with kyle because i feel like last season they kind of just like found each other and became good friends over a common enemy so like now this season because it's coming back with a lot of the same cast you're probably going to expect a Devin Kyle versus uh, Fezzy Josh sort of alliance. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Devin's a good challenger. He can win a few eliminations. He's a smart guy, especially compared to these people. Um, I feel like it's not totally, totally unreasonable to like for him to make a final. Like if you were to tell me Devin makes a final, I would say I could maybe believe that if he gets like a puzzle elimination, whatever. Um, he's just like a classic at this point, middle of the road challenger. Yeah, I would almost say very Nani esque. Did you say that? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, Andy, any any comment on Devin or no? Yeah, I mean, I echo what both you guys are saying. I, I mean, I think Devin really grew on me. I used to hate Devin. I thought he sucked, but what he does bring to the table that especially looking at these four guys, his politics, his off the field, I guess, skills that he brings are unmatched compared to the three guys below him. And I am saying Fezzi's below him, even though he's tied because I have him at eighth because Fezzi sucks. But Devin just knows, Devin knows how this game works. And that's why I have him at five because I do think that even though he's by no means, he's probably the like worst physical competitor. He is a smart guy. I think in that sense where he's similar to Nani, whereas like Nani's going to try to hook up with every rookie, male and female. Devin is also going to try to politic with every rookie, male and female. So I think that's very similar. And I think 
even though he might not have the numbers on his side right out of the gate, I don't think it would take long for him to rally some of the troops and really get them, uh, get them behind him. So I like Devin. I really hope this is kind of my make or break season for Devin in a sense that if he like goes out early and isn't able to get numbers on his side, then I don't think he's that great of a competitor, but I do think there's a chance that he gets some numbers on his side has a decent alliance and is able to do a lot. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. And I think he brings something to the table that not many male vets do. Yeah. Um, you know, Duffy in the chat right now, right. The thing about Devin is that he knows his limits and I think that's what makes him so successful. He'll just keep poking the bear, just keep going. And then right at the end, he'll just, you know, stop doing it and chaos ensures. And he just, you know, kind of leans back, sipping his tea, just kind of watching everything. So um, moving on to number four for our list, we got Nelly, good old Nelson. Um, me and Andy both had him at number four, and Alex had him at number five. So, Alex, number five, um, what was your thought process on Nelly T? I mean, I think he's – Another classic middle-of-the-road competitor. Very good at eliminations. Very underrated at him. Um, I mean, I, I think he's he's a really good competitor, and he got kind of screwed by Fezzi last season. Um, I think he's right in that 4-5 range. The thing I do want to mention about Nelson just kind of right now as we start looking ahead to the season is, and this is for you guys and all of the chat to kind of follow along with us, is that N Nelly T right now, has one of the more incredible challenge streaks going for him right now. And that is that he has, he has lost 35 daily challenges in a row. 30, I just, 35 in a row, which is, I think, the longest ever of all time, and it's active. So, like, we have to keep monitoring that. Um, and like, he's a good competitor. Like that kind of surprised me. Maybe he got a couple wins earlier on in his career. Um, the vendettas of the world, but like, I think the dude just kind of gotten stuck in like weird situation, bad partners, whatever it may be. Like he seems better than going over his last 35. Yeah. I think the thing about Nelson, he might be. He might be the top guy that I want to win this season. How can you just not like the guy? He's awesome. I love Nelly T. I mean, what? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he like own like a strip club or something or some club and he couldn't pop a champagne bottle or something? Correct me if I'm wrong, right, Alex? Strip club. Yeah, right? And he couldn't pop the champagne. He didn't know how. I mean, oh, that, that's. Yeah, isn't that like stuff like that is just why he's awesome his confessionals are top notch he's he's amazing he's perfect for the show i'm pulling for him this season he's i i like him a lot uh no homo but i really want him to go far andy nelly t what's your thoughts i mean he's awesome the end uh no but I just love him. I really do. Like Nelly T, Scuba Nelly, whatever you want to call him. Like he's he's very good for the show. I used to not be a huge fan of him, but 
he, he's what we need. And Trev, I'm right there with you. I would, if I could pick anyone, any male, veteran or rookie, to win it all, I'm rooting for for Scubanell. So I, I'm right there with you, and I think he's good. The that stat that Alex said is definitely surprising, but it's also kind of just classic Nelly T. So <laughs> I, I'm rooting for him. You you know why that stat to me isn't that crazy? Is because in in all seriousness, when was the last time we had a team daily challenge? I feel well, like it's always partners. Yeah, but like, because uh, I total madness. I think they had the fucking troika or whatever. It's like three guys. I think were considered winners for each challenge. Oh, is that? Oh, is that how I, they yeah, did so it? Like, Nelson oh. wouldn't even fall into that. Okay, I, 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 I thought you meant just you know obviously winning. Or, yeah. You know, all right. And that that but reminds that's just me of what? That's just classic Nelly T. Yeah. And, and that does remind me of one other streak very similar that we have to monitor this season. So Nelson has the current longest losing streak. There's also somebody else on this list who holds the record for longest losing streak to start their career. And that's Nam. Nam has lost the first 11 challenges that he's done. So we have to, mo- and that's, I, I actually think that's second. So I think the record's like 13 or something. So he's closing in on that. So we just have to monitor if Nelson or Nam ever win a challenge. God, insane. All right, moving on to number three, we got Corey. Uh, we had Alex four, Trev two, Andy three. Um, you know, I've always let – you know, I just feel like I just had him up there. I think there's a – a clear cut number one, and you can kind of put two, three, four, all wherever you want. Um, and I just think I like, you know, he's like, Corey's another type of person that I just like, you know, uh, I think he's doing it because he has kids or something. I'm not entirely sure. I believe he has kids. Yeah. I think Corey has a kid, maybe two, uh, that he always plays for. Um, so, you know, but then again, he's been on so many seasons. I don't think he's he has a kid. I don't think he has, he has kids. Mm-hmm. No, I, it can't be. Can't be. Sorry, I, I might have mixed that up with somebody else. My my fault. Uh, but it's just a likable guy. Uh, he's not the smartest. So when it comes to like an obviously a final as famous as nine times three, he couldn't even solve that. But you know, I, I like the guy, and it's a shame like that. You know, we have him at like three in our guy power rankings. That just shows you how deep this cast is this year. And you look at guys like that being three and two and stuff. And it, it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. I feel like Corey took three, four seasons off after the whole uh, pasta gate with Tony. And I feel like ever since he, before that, I feel like Corey was very unlikable. He was loud, obnoxious, um, he was playing for himself and I feel like he kind of took a few seasons off, came back and he's been a fun guy to root for. Cause I think he does have kids that's starting to ring a bell. Um, he's made the final the past two seasons. Um, he's just like a more tame, like easy to get along with guy. He's kind of slid under the radar. I think it was, it was this past season, right? Where he was switching partners every episode and like, didn't have a skull for the longest time who's Corey's partner, I think was a segment at one point. Um, 
he's just like like seasons one through three, four of Corey didn't like him at all. These past few seasons of Corey, he's a fun guy to root for. So I wouldn't mind seeing Corey make the final, potentially win a challenge for for once. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, anything? No, I like Corey a lot. Um, but I think you guys really said it all. I mean, he's got the, the classic popcorn muscles, but I, I would I'd be very happy if Corey or Nelly T won it all this year. He is playing for something. I think the kid count is uh, borderline Antonio Counting Cromartie. Um, so he's up there. I think he needs some cash in his pocket. So I would love to see him pull it off. Um, and I do really like Washington. So I like Corey. I think he's a good competitor. So, yeah, I feel good about number three. Yeah. And while we talk about good competitors playing for kids, we got to look at number two, who I'm assuming, yep, is Kyle. And, you know, I look at this two, three, and four on our list, and they're just likable guys. Like, I would be totally fine with any of those three guys winning the season of the challenge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kyle, to me, at this point, tell me if you guys agree with this or not. I feel like Kyle now is officially replacing Leroy in the category of guys that have never won a challenge, but we're all rooting for and a very likable among the cast. That's what Kyle is now. Like that was that Leroy was holding that torch for a while. And now it's like officially passed to Kyle. He does good really every season that he's on. He makes the final every now and then he wins eliminations that you don't think he would win. He's a funny guy. He's really the last guy standing from the UK in terms of like being on every season. Um, I'm just a big fan of Kyle, and I think we're pretty close if we're not already there to the point of, like, we've called Kyle underrated so much that he's properly rated now. Like, everybody acknowledges that he's just a really fucking good challenger. Yeah, I I like him a lot. I know a lot of people think he's kind of like a layup or whatever you want to call him. I like him a lot. Andy, what's your take on him? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I disagree with the single word Alex said. I mean, he's just – he's a great guy. He's a great competitor. And I think anyone who at this point is saying that Kyle is not a threat is just lying. That's really all I have to say. And I really like him too. I think he's great for the show. He's incredibly well-rounded from all aspects of it. Like he's a good challenger. He has endurance. I think he – was the second guy behind bananas in that final couple seasons ago. Um, he's won physical eliminations. He's funny, good confessionals. He hooks up. Although I think he now has a girlfriend, maybe even a kid. Um, so we'll probably hear about that in some confessionals. Kyle is just incredibly easy to root for. And especially like now, like, like we mentioned before, like he's going to be on the side with Devin going against Fezzi. So that's just going to add a whole nother layer to Kyle this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so here, here's the thing. Before we get to number one, I'm, I'm looking at this list here. Is there any reason why Kyle, Corey, Nelson, and maybe Devin all don't just team up and run the house? I'm not saying I'm not saying that will happen, but is there anything that's preventing that? Uh, their brains. <laughs> 
But Kyle has a half of one. Corey has like an eight. (laughs) Devin has a full one. And Nelson like has just a little like drop. So I feel like between the four of them, they have like a solid like almost two brains. I I think I think Trev's answer is Trev's answer is perfect. Because we obviously we all know the number one guy is CT. It's unanimous among us three, probably most most of the fans. And you have to team up, especially after fucking last season when he kind of ran the floor with everybody. Like if you're like you said, if you're Kyle, Corey, any of those guys, why not team up against him? You have nothing to lose. You can get the numbers and you can maybe even rope in Fezzi to do your dirty work in a hall brawl. I think honestly what they should do is Kyle, Corey, Nelson, Devin team up, like you said, and basically force Fezzi to be like, oh, CT's talking shit about you. He, he wants to go into elimination against you and literally do that. Why not? Knock the big guns out, see what happens, and go from there. So, yep. so obviously we've hinted around it, but number one, obviously – CT and I, I just I feel like I, I don't even know where to begin with this season. I think the I'm looking at it and it should be a layup for CT. This should honestly be the easiest win of CT's career. It should be. I look at this season as something that does nothing to CT's resume. As much as that sucks. For some people who love CT, it's not an it's not an impressive win. The only thing that can go against him is if he were to lose, it'd just be embarrassing at that point, and it knock his resume. Trev, he's like forty five years old. Cut the old man some slack. Uh, I don't disagree with you. He's my number one, but I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, CT's still got it at an old age. Brady still got it as an old age. I mean, I know, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is, I don't think it, it would be if he loses. It's not a knock against his career. It's not a knock oh, against. I, I was, I was overreacting there, obviously. But what I'm saying is, who's his competition this season? Honestly, uh, Kyle, Corey, Nelson, Devin, Fezzi, Nam. Stop. Stop. You, you really think one of those clowns are going to beat CT? You never know. You never know how the layout's going to be. You never know what the school twists are going to be. If they, I'm I, telling you right now, if there is not a school twist this season, CT will not see in an elimination. We will not see him in an elimination. I don't know if you can say that. He was the first one in elimination last season. Yeah, with smarter fucking people. Look who we got running the show, no, Kyle. No, no, no. I know, but Trev, here's one thing you're also not taking into consideration. And keep in mind, I voted CT number one. We all did. He's the only consensus number one top dog in this whole thing. But at the same time, you never know how the challenge is going to shape out. You never know what format they're going to run. And there's always going to be a curveball that that TJ tees up for, you know, three episodes and it ends up being nothing. But at the same time, like, if CT went out first episode – it just that's just the challenge. The thing is, I guess with that whole thing, I'm looking at this, and maybe I shouldn't just because I don't know, as an individual game, like free agents ask. We don't know the game style. We don't know if they're going to be in partners. We don't know how it's going to be set up. Partners completely changes everything. This changes everything, literally. 
So I'm looking at it as like a free agent's ask. And I personally, I just don't see a way CT loses. I don't disagree. I just don't want to not no, it, he doesn't yeah, win. Absolutely. I mean, people forget Jay beat him two seasons ago. I get it. Right, like, right. But didn't you just say that CT should win this? Like, I don't think anyone can ever say that someone should win the challenge, especially on a preview show. I mean, looking at this cast list, he, okay. He sh- he's the sure favorite by how many, if you were doing rankings right now, I'd put him in number one. Plus what would be CT? 200. And who would be number two? Kyle. At, at like 350. I wouldn't even put it that close. I think it's literally a jump to like plus 700. Twice as much? Yeah, I'm almost triple times, I'm saying. No, I, I get what you're saying. And none of us are disagreeing in this sense that CT is the best challenge competitor on this show. None of us are disagreeing, but it's just tough going into a show, especially when you're CT, especially when going into last season, he had the biggest target on his back because he was so good, and then he won it. He has, and this goes back to your point about Ashley earlier, there's not a single person in this house who has a bigger target on their back than CT. So that's where, like, even though I still think he is number one top dog like in the whole show – he also has the biggest target on his back. He has no alliances in the whole cast. So, like, for it to be a cakewalk for him is it's just false. Alex, I want your take on that right there, what he just said. He said CT last season had targets on his back at all times. Right, Andy? Is that what you said? He had the biggest target on his back in the last so. season. I don't think he had that big. I think first episode – Absolutely. After the first episode, who threw him in? Because because he had Ashley with him. It was two. It was two challenge winners, and you don't know what's going to happen here. But what you do know is the guy who you were targeting last season won it all. Every single person on this list, if they're not smart, and we just talked about it, all of these guys are not smart. Everyone's going to be targeting CT. I I. I don't know. I just feel like they don't. I feel like they're just stupid and they won't. Andy, a thousand percent. If I'm whoever wins the the last season, I'm trying to throw them in week one. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. I'm just saying, I think these people are so dumb. They're not going to do that. And that's, they're just going to use the fear thing. Oh, CT's this big, scary monster. I don't want to piss them off and go in against them or whatever. I get Andy. I'm hundred percent on board with you. I would throw them in every single time. I just think they won't. That's what I'm but saying. But they did. That's that's what like you're, you're talking he did it about. one time, and that's it. The oh, yeah, because he got paired up with big fucking T. Like the only thing that kept him out of eliminations was the fact that he had a challenge competitor who was 80 pounds. Like maybe that is what coasts him by to the final, and that could happen again. Like none of us know what's going to happen. That could happen. But at the end of the day, that was the only thing that kept him out of eliminations. That was it. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree with all that. I do think it definitely helped, absolutely. But Alex, I your thoughts. So I got two things on CT. And the first thing is I think the whole target 
conversation in terms of how big the target on CT's back is going to be, which we all agree right now is big. How big that is is a different question. But I think really how big that target is is 100% dependent on if they're doing the fucking skulls again or not. Like the skulls we've seen kind of ruins the political game. Um, because we've seen that like if CT gets his skull, for example, first, second episode, they're probably not even going to be talking about him for a little bit because everybody else is going to be wanting to get their own skull. So I feel like CT is going to have that target again, especially from day one, because they're going to want the big dog out and all that. Um, I just feel like so much of it is going to be, and this maybe, maybe this is a cop out, but so much of it is going to be unpredictable in terms of is CT going to have a partner? Is there going to be skulls? What are the fucking nine rookie guys going to think? What are the, are they going to bond together or what? So I just think overall CT is going to have a target on his back. I don't know how long the other people are going to keep looking at that target on his back. Um, so that's the first thing about CT. And then my second take, and I've, I've been, I've been crafting this ever since I saw the cast list come out as it relates to CT and this is kind of a different route than what we were talking about, like his ranking and all of that. Um, but I wanted to get it, wanted to get it off my chest here. And that's basically the fact that I am going to be over the course of spies, lies and allies strongly, strongly, maybe as strongly as I've ever rooted for somebody to not win a challenge than I am with CT. I am a hundred percent want him to lose. And the reason has nothing to do with really CT himself. Like, it's not like I'm an anti-CT guy. Like, I like CT. Obviously, you, you respect him. He's one of the top two, three challengers of all time. But the reason I'm going to be rooting so hard for him to lose is basically I boiled it all down to, if he wins, my question is, what the fuck are we doing here? We just had – like, if he were to win, we had back-to-back seasons with CT, CT – bananas before that and then ct before that the same old guy veterans winning every season it's like what are we doing as a franchise i just see if you were to tell me ct wins this season i would say there's almost little to no scenarios in which you would look at this season and be like oh that's a good season because it'd just be another fucking copy of double agents which is already shaping up to be and if ct wins it again that's just more proof so again, it's nothing against CT. I just don't want CT to win for the sake of the challenge franchise. It's bigger than it's bigger than CT. I agree. And obviously, you guys know, listeners, I'm not the biggest CT fan. I said it multiple times. I think honestly, the best thing for the challenge this season is him not to win. Yeah. Like Alex said, he's the only. I mean, think about this. Out of 30 set, 37 competitors, correct, Alex? 34, 34. 34 competitors. You can add up all 33 others, and he has more rings than all of them. So, like, yeah. We need we need these we need the Kyles, Corey's, Nelson's, Fezzies, or whoever, not him. Kyle, Corey, Nelson, noms of the world to produce this season. We need these. We need these vets right here to step up. And I think the most pressure are on those vets right now, because you know coming in these rookies, yeah, who the fuck knows who they are? It's a bunch of who's. 
you know, the two through five and excluding obviously the bottom five one, give me one of those winners. That That's what I want. I disagree. Dot, dot, dot. The challenge is already in a state of disaster. We, we've already talked about that. Going into this season, regardless of who wins, the challenge is in a state of disaster. We've already, we've already kind of like tiptoed around that. that that's the case that, that stands today at this point in time before the season starts. The challenge is in a state of disaster. I want CT to win more than anyone because to your guys' point, I, I don't disagree with you guys at all in a sense that if CT wins – it is very bad for the show. I totally agree with that, but it's almost the wake-up call that, like, oh, shit, we need to do something. No, 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 no. You know why? Because that what? happens every fucking season, and they don't do shit because production sucks. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But at the same time, we need we need something to happen with this show, and if, like, Corey won, nothing would happen. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. If Corey won, if Corey won, MTV and production would keep pumping out the same little bullshit every single year. And that's why I think if CT won, to Alex's point of CT, CT, bananas, CT, it's it, at that point in time, it has to be like, wait a minute, we have to do something here because we can't keep pumping out the same old bullshit every year. And if CT won, you have to look at that and say, look, Maybe we should stop pulling from American Idol and from Survivor Romania. And maybe we should just go back to basics. That's where, like, we're saying the same thing, but I'm just taking the other side of it. No, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that realistically should be the wake-up call. I 100% right. agree. But it won't be. And that's the worst part. I can see myself in 12 months from now. Let's say CT wins, and not, it's going to be the same shit over again. It's not the there's no wake up call. The wake up call is what happens when a coach goes 500 for five years in a row. You fire them, you get rid of them, you tr start from scratch, do something new. They need to just. The but whole Trip, Trip, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Needs to go. You're not. I, I again, I don't disagree with you. But if Corey wins, then MTV and production thinks. That okay, yeah. Now Corey's going to take the Corey's going to take the throne, and he's going to move on, which is not the case. If Corey or Nelson or Kyle or even Fezzi wins, that's not gonna. If anything, that validates MTV's like thought process of yeah, the old guys are moving on. Now we have this new way. That's why I want CT to win, just to prove that look, you guys are like you are missing on every single mark possible, and that's why if CT wins. It proves that. Like, I almost want CT to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning until Fresh Meat Theory comes. That's really what it boils down to. I just think if CT wins, they don't give a shit, and it will still be the, the right. Same. Right, but what happens is if CT wins, they'll turn a blind eye to it. I agree. But if Corey wins, then they feel like they accomplished something in a sense that okay, now CT is done. And now Corey, Kyle, Nelson, Fezzi, they're going to take the torch. I don't want that in the slightest. I do not feel confident that those guys are going to carry the franchise forward. So that's yeah. where, like, I totally get what you're saying, and I don't disagree. 
in a sense that if, if CT wins, then they're just going to be like pissed at everything. But if CT loses, then they're going to say, see, you know what? I told you so. CT doesn't win every time. Yeah, so you're basically saying CT winning is bad, but also the best bad result we can get. Bingo. No, I, I get what you're saying. It's just it's, it's more like, it's, like, it's like I said. We, it, we'll be put through that shit if it happens. Exactly like I said before I talked about any of this. Before the season starts, the challenge is in a state of disaster. Disaster. And that's why I don't want them to have one of these two through five guys win and for them to think, yeah, we're on a good path now. You're not on a good path. I don't care who wins at this point, whether it's CT, Kyle, Corey, Nelson, you are not on a good path. The challenge needs to see that. And I think that the only way there's a chance, and I don't think it's a good chance, but the only way there's a chance they see that is if CT wins again. No, I get that. Alex, I know you've been dying to say something. I, I mean, I, I see completely both sides of it. I think, and we're all kind of agreeing about where we're at, at the as a state of the Challenge franchise. I think I'm just personally leaning more towards, I think the main producers are past the point of wake-up calls. Like, I think if they would have had a wake-up call, it would happen. They would have. It would have already happened. Yeah. And but that's not to say like if CT were to win this, I hope they still have a wake up call for the sake of the fucking show that we're talking about here. Um, I think we might be past that. I hope we're not. I just think if you know six months go by and CT wins this, we'd all be looking at each other saying like, "What a waste! What did this accomplish? Yeah. Like, what did this season accomplish for the sake of the show? And maybe." Maybe if CT wins the season going forward, it would accomplish something. But I just think looking back at it, I don't know if it would do much at in the time. Um, I feel like, and this is not really CT related, but I feel like the best case outcome for this season would be for, for this is just my personal opinion, would be for Corey or Kyle to win it all. Maybe from the girl side, you have Tori or Nani, somebody like that's good, but just kind of random. And then you have a couple rookies make the final that just pop off the screen. The other rookie rookies are just hooking up with each other. And then for season 38, you run it back with the rookies that stood out, the Corys, whoever wins the season, whoever's a new winner, you bring back Jordan, CT, Paulie, Bananas, Wes, Cam, Teresa, like just some of the best people that we've had recently. And then kind of do a reset which again is like very unlikely. I'm not saying any of this is going to happen. I just think that that's the best scenario that we might be able to ask for given what we have for season 37. See, if we're talking best case scenario for the season, I think best case scenario would be a massive rainstorm. And I believe San Diego that floods the BME studio and it, destroys all the tapes and all the evidence from this season. And they just got to rebuild it from scratch. I think that's best case scenario where I'm at right now. I, I Trev, this, I this task list is just like, I, I just don't understand. You can have a production meeting and look at this cast list and say, Oh yeah, this is going to bring in a lot of views. There's a lot of heavy hitters in this season. Yeah. Our views are going to go up from the last season. It, it makes no sense. 
does not make a sense to me. Like, if, if you want to bring in, like, the bananas of the world and these older vets or actually vets, make the game smaller and not fucking three months long and actually have ten episodes. It's ten times better. I, I could not agree with you more, Trev. I think I, I do think that's probably best case scenario. In, in my like realistic best case scenario, CT wins and Nani wins. And I, I think at that point in time, MTV has to say, like, look, we just are fucking missing the mark. And and I, I think you're right in the sense that like no one, no one wants to sit around for I don't know how many episodes this, this season is gonna be. But we had what nineteen last year. No one wants to sit through that. Make it twelve episodes. Have half veterans and half rookies. Rookies that have no background, so that when we, when we see the cast list, we can actually talk about them and say, you know what, these rookies actually might show some promise. I don't want us to have to just glance over the rookies because they come from these terrible shows like Survivor Romania and Survivor like. Ukraine and just all these just nonsense shows that like no one cares about. Yeah. That's why like the, the challenge literally needs a full blown reset. And it happens by bringing in like, you couldn't tell me if, if there, so let's say there's 34 people. So let's say there's 17, 17 vets, 17 rookies. And those 17 are like Kyle, Corey, like I'm excluding CT in this scenario. Kyle, Corey, Nelson, Devin, even Fezzi, Josh, and then like a handful of the girls too. And then 17, just brand new, fresh meat, literally bright-eyed, bushy-tailed people who want to be on the challenge. That is the only way that you can get this ship back on course. And I think the only way you do that is if you prove that having these different spies, allies, and God knows what formats is not it. And that's why the only way I think you prove that that's not it is if CT wins again in another like veteran female who's been on it for a while, like even like Tori, like someone like that wins and just says, look, you, I mean, and granted, we've talked about this. It's not, it, it's realistically not going to happen, but something like that has to happen in order for MTV to say, we are just missing the mark everywhere. And that's why, like, my best case scenario is for CT to win with another female veteran who's been on for more than three seasons. That's my best case scenario. Yeah. All right. I feel like we've kind of danced around this for quite a bit of time now. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the season can go in any direction. And we still don't know the format and stuff, but uh, – I mean, we're, we're knocking on wood. It's a good season, but obviously you guys know uh, we don't feel too highly about it right now, but at least we'll have 25 weeks to discuss about it. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's move on to a little – what should we call this segment, Alex? I think it's pardon my prop. Pardon my prop. All right, so each of us are basically coming up with – uh, a prop, and we basically got to say set a you know a line total for it, and we're either going to say over or under what you know we would think. So uh, I can start it off, or Alex, if you want to start it off, no big deal. No, you, you go ahead, and then we're gonna the props that we give. So we're gonna have three total, 
we're going to keep track of all season long. Like if something's three and a half and it happens, we're going to say, okay, that's one through the course of fucking 20 episodes. And we're just going to see if the over hits or the under hits. Okay. So I'm doing this based off of 20 episodes in my mind is how many I think the season's going to be. My over under is going to be 10 and a half and it's going to be 10 and a half times. I, I might even want to go higher with the prop. I'm going to do it 11 and a half. I am going to bump it up 11 and a half over under times. Fezzi will be an LVP. We got one person saying the over. What 11 and a half. I think he got about 11 last season, right? He might have right around there. So, I, if, if I was betting I'm that, right now, betting I, I would go under. Oh. And I, like, I feel like he might have already hit his LVP apex. No, 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 no. No chance. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say if Fezzi is on for 15 episodes, which I think there's a good chance he is, I will single-handedly hit that over. Wow. So you're taking the over. 100%. All right. So I'll write it down, Alex. 11 and a half overs. Or 11 and a half. 11.5. Um, LVPs. LVPs for Fez. Okay. Yeah. All right, Alex, what do you got for us? So I'm between two, and I think one of them, I think we're going to kind of save as like a fourth group one, which we've done the past couple seasons. And so I'm going to do a different one. And the the lines on this one might be a little off center because it's only going to be 0.5. It's basically going to be, does this is this going to happen or not over under? Um, I'm going to go over under 0.5 times that a pregnancy is mentioned in the episode in the season and the reason i say that is because last season and i'm pregnancy directly related to a challenger so last season we had two girls leave literally leave the season because they were pregnant the season before we had melissa who was pregnant running a fucking final and so we're averaging 1.5 pregnant girls over the past two seasons. And so that's basically what I'm going off of. It's like, that's why it's 0.5. Cause I think it's such like an obscure thing for it to happen. But basically what I'm saying is, are any of the girls going to get pregnant from the season or pregnant on the season? Or I think what I'm going to try to loop into it is like, if Corey gets a call from his girlfriend and she says that she's pregnant, basically anything directly tied to a challenger in a pregnancy I'm going to go 0.5. The thing about that, I feel like we kind of know, like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like people kind of, except the rookies. Rookies are, I have no idea. I don't follow any of them. But for example, like Kyle, for example, didn't his wife become pregnant when he was on the show? Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, it was like right after, I know. It was pretty like, you know, soon. Yes. Aaliyah Hope writes, Kyle's girlfriend is pregnant. So I didn't know if you're counting that because I feel like it's kind of hard that we kind of know some people, but not all. So I, I would still say 0.5 because if like 
maybe like there's a chance that they just don't like Kyle never talks to his girlfriend. So, so they have to mention it. I, I'm taking the over for that. Okay. I think that's a safe pick. I mean, even just with Corey and Kyle being on the same season, there's a good chance that's going to happen. So, so I, yeah, I guess I could say it as like over under 0.5 pregnancies related to a challenger or a significant other of a challenger on this season that we see on screen somehow. Ooh, yeah. Mikey Docker is a good one, but yeah, so that's yeah. mine. Over under yeah. five. We'll save Mikey the Doctors for last. Um, Andy, what do you got for us? Yeah, you know, I've got a, I've got a few uh, floating around in my head. Um, I think I have to default. I mean, Mikey the doctor, doctor threw out a great one. I think I have to default to one that we've talked about before on here. Um, and it might have been the one that Alex was referencing is the, the group prop. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do – I'm going to set the line at five and a half episodes that the goof cries. Life's too short to bet the under. All right, Trev's taking the over. I, I think I might take the under simply Ooh. because – I feel like the goof is overdue for an episode three exit. He's been able to kind of like just ride the coattails of certain people every season until he fucking goes into elimination and loses. I feel like he's about due for like, just like an early elimination, get him out of here with maybe two or three cries. I don't hate that. Here's the thing about that. I feel like he's just – he'll still ride. Then again, we don't know the format. The format changes everything. I think he'll ride the coattails of Big Brother as long as possible still. Does the reunion count in the total? Yes. It has, has to. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm taking the over still. There's probably one there. I'm still going to take the under, but okay. we'll see. Uh, Mikey the Doctor writes, over under 6.5 episodes, Corey says he's doing this for the kids. I mean, you got to take the over on that. I think we throw that in. I actually let's, really let's like, make, that. Let's make I like those that. I like that I like that line. Yeah, let's make those the four props that we monitor. Okay. So I had yep. the over under a half pregnancy. Andy had five and a half. Josh cries. Mikey the Doctor had six and a half different episodes where Corey mentions that he's doing it for the kids. And I like it that way because if he goes into elimination, he's probably going to mention it three times in an episode. So six and a half episodes. And then Trev's was 11 and a half LVPs for Fezzi. Yes. Okay. I also want to add in, I also want to add in just making a note that Corey, a little, a little parlay sort of thing of, He'll be under two and a half for, you know, like, you know how they count off and do the confessionals? Like, hey, my name's Johnny Bananas. This is my 20th season. You know what's going on? You know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. So I think he'll be under two and a half people for that. So, like, one of the first two people uh, of this season. On top of that, I think within his first three sentences, he'll mention about his kids. Okay. And that, 
Uh, that's that's a really that brings up a really good episode one prop that I love following every year is just the question of who gets the first confessional because I feel I, like it's it's pretty random. Like they try to give it to some sort of a big name, but like they don't always give it to the banana CTs of the world. If I would guess, maybe I think every person is plus three hundred at least for first confessional. I would say first confessional CT would be Tory. That's my guess. I'm taking CT. I'm going Tory. Yeah, I'm going CT. So anything else? Or are we good to wrap this up? I mean, I think we're good. I think it was I think like oh, Andy said. I also want to throw in something too of over three no four point five ideas stolen from us throughout the season from MTV, the challenge, either their Twitter account, production, whatever. 4.5. Trev, I'm taking the under, but it needs to be the over. Yeah. I would say probably over. Those clowns copy us every God. In over and also over 6.5 mentions of Scott Yeager being a little bitch. Over under 30 Ooh. and a half. Over under thirty dollars that Scott Yeager charges to listen to a podcast. Uh, Mike, Mike the doctor. Is this season lasting till March? I will say it will be. We will still be recording podcasts until after the final four. So <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, no, here's the here's the thing, Mikey. I'm trying to think of a bracket type thing we could do, or like. I want to do like a 12 days of Christmas for the challenge, but I guarantee they would steal that idea from us. Uh, but we, without, if, if we see the pace it's going at, doesn't reach March madness, hopefully it doesn't. Uh, we'll definitely come up with something uh, in, in replace for that. Uh, we love getting you guys involved with that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, m- maybe it's a little Thanksgiving with y'all. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll get into that. But but so I kind of some closing thoughts, like I, Andy said from the beginning, because we kind of have lower expectations for the season, there's going to be more weight on our shoulders for the recaps to get make it entertaining for us and all of our listeners. Um, I mean, we saw last season, last season wasn't great by any means, and we stuck through it every episode doing these live recaps. You guys stuck through it coming on the on the chat with us. It was a hell of a time. It made a lot of those dark episodes way better. So we're hoping that you stick with us, even if this season is bad or, or, or even worse than last season. So, But we'll still be here doing our best to provide solid recaps. Yeah, and like, and like I said earlier, I mean, we why we do this, we, we look at the chat. We see the Mikey the Doctors, the Aaliyah Hopes, the Finn Duffy, all, all these people coming back, you know. And we love interacting with you guys. And uh, – yeah. You know, I'm excited for another season. Uh, kind of on the low too. Uh, I, we won't dip our toes in yet. It's not official yet, uh, but we do have our first sponsor that we're kind of excited about. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll, get we'll get into that. And uh, like we said, we're not. Uh, we'll never be on Patreon or any of that bullshit, spending money, uh, anything like that. But we have a we have a pretty nice sponsor uh, that will be pretty. Uh, you guys will enjoy and hopefully you guys will take part in. So, and we are on, we are on Instagram now. We are on Instagram at, uh, is it stir underscore 
the um, underscore pod. Yes, yeah. on on STP. So you can follow us now on Instagram, stir underscore the underscore pod, and you can obviously follow us on Twitter at stir the pod. Andy, you got any closing remarks? No, not really. Just kind of echoing what Alex was saying. You know, we talked about it. <laughs> I mean, this this right here to all those award-winning listeners out there, this is the season of us. It's the season of Stir the Pod. It's the season of all of our award-winning listeners. We have to band together. We have to make whatever shitty content MTV pumps out. We have to make it entertaining. And I know that you guys can do it. We're going to be there every week for it. So we are going to be laying on you guys just as much as we're going to have to muscle through all this shit. So I'm honestly excited for that because it's on us. So let's make the most of it and let's have fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like we, we talked about before too, going into last season was the first time we'd ever streamed live. So it took us a while to kind of get, you know, all you guys like listening to us and watching us every week. Whereas now, we're excited knowing that you guys are going to be following us from the start this time um, and kind of getting the gang back together with all you, all you guys tuning in. So we're pumped. We're two weeks away now from episode one. Um, we'll be here recapping it all every episode. Yeah. So thank you guys for uh, listening to a brand new stir the pod podcast show. I've been your host, Trevor. You can follow us on Instagram at stir underscore the underscore pod or on Twitter at stir the pod. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you live in two weeks. Maybe we'll slide in one more pod. We'll we'll get into that, but have your drinks ready in two weeks and uh, we'll be locked and loaded. So uh, shout out Duffy. Love you guys. Love you guys.